it is hot as fuck here in Texas right now. I'm drinking water. I know it's hard to believe. A, a lot is going on this week. The world's burning, but one thing that's not burning, we have Pat Oates on the show. I know the fans are like, what? How'd he get him? I, that's, I, I don't understand. He's not part of the circle. Pat Oates, hilarious. How you doing, man? I'm so glad you came on the show. Good, man. I am a fan. I like, I've told you before when you hit me up, I'm like, when I start seeing a ski mask, talk shit to Barry Ribs, I'm like, I'm in. I'm yeah. in. Yeah. You're in the right circle of the world, and I'm happy the two, the two are meeting now. Right, right, man. It was, it was very exciting because uh, I, I first heard you on Kumia whenever I, I didn't have anything going on a few summers ago. Maybe it was last summer. And, uh, yeah, I've I've only, I only started going on there last May. It's been only That's one what year it was since then. I got to be okay. on Because I remember uh, right when I was like integrating into stopping drinking and figure out what the fuck I want to do in my life, I would just listen to Kumia or the Compound on all the shows. And uh, sometimes I, when I didn't know the guest, I would kind of skip over. But one day it just landed on your episode. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was only listening like there's somebody I knew on. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, That's I'm all listening. I ever would do. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't paying attention. It went to the next episode. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's on fire. And I, I hit you up on Twitter that day for my uh, my personal account. And I was like, dude, killing it on Compound. And so I was just like, man, I got to follow. So that I, feedback I that day, I'm not going to lie. That was the best non-sex boner I ever had. <laughs> I left comp A buddy of mine, Steve Halligan, was a guest. And they told him he could bring someone. Yeah. And he said, come on. on. And I'm not – I wasn't a big fan of the show. I wasn't a subscriber. I obviously knew who oh, he was. Yeah, right. But my brother's a huge fan. So he was – I was like, I'll go on there for that. Of course. And it was so awesome. To, but to sit there with Anthony and Dan, yeah, how yeah. they are, was amazing. When I walked off, yeah, I got hate. That's how the compound people are. Of course. They're fucking savages. Yes, but I yes. got so much love like, from you and other people. Just like, dude, you're awesome. I, I was walking on my dick down fucking – Right. It's all through Broadway. It was awesome. See, another thing I like that you do – and uh, I'm not sucking dick right now, but uh, a lot of guys don't know how to do this properly as, as far as promoting going on a show. But every I don't know how you do it, but every time you send out a tweet like, hey, I'm going to be on Compound, you know, it, like you guys have no idea what it feels like to sit next to Radio Legend. That makes me want to watch your episode. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a I was fan. Like, That's yeah, it. I, it's I'm just a like so a lot of people could be like, oh, I'm going on the compound. Watch this now. And it's like, I mean, why would I not? Why would I click on that? There's nothing exciting. Or they but don't like, promote it. It's like, yeah. fuck you. It's yeah, yeah, Anthony exactly. goddamn Kumia. Right. It's like he's part of one of the greatest morning teams of all time. He's like he's a morning show genius. Yeah. You know, Howard yeah. Stern and him are the big names. Exactly. And why would you not be excited to sit next to him? Right. I mean, every I mean, time they let me come back on i'm excited every of time. course like why wouldn't you be like you get that text or that email you're like okay i'm gonna drop what i'm doing i'm gonna go sit next to anthony kumia for two hours and have the most fun ever i mean you, you yeah. can't not have fun on that show oh the craziest one was when i had to be there with it was anthony dave and me and then they go as we were starting they go oh jim norton's gonna pop in and i'm oh, like boy. what the fuck <laughs> so i'm sitting there and then that was the best feat when people are like you held your own with them because that's right. like that's three hall of fame fucking snipers yeah i right mean and, and, and for them to throw it on you like that you're not prepared or anything not like you would have to anyways but in order to and when you get that feedback like dude you held your own it's like man awesome you know cuz that's the only, that's really at the end of the day that's what you want to hear when you're sitting next to that you know definitely but at first you're like Oh, and they, do they do they think I'm that bad that they need oh. to bring in Jim? Like you're like, oh yeah, fuck! Yeah, yeah. I didn't it's think like about the, they just they just drafted the retarded kid on their dodgeball <laughs> teams. So they got to go get a ring or two. I'm like, oh, god damn it! Anthony's calling. He's like, hey, who's on the show today? But, uh, we got Pat Oates again. Oh shit! He's like, who? Can you text Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on nine times, and I'm sure you have to still explain to Anthony who I am. He's, yeah, he's yeah, right. amazing. But it's not like we have a friendship or anything. Yeah, it? I mean, man, and he's done so many shows. It's got. It's just you know, like you say, a, a radio legend. So it's just got to be so natural to him he just sits in the chair and he, he takes off you know he's still got the papers for what he wants to talk about and that's it yeah, yeah. a buddy of mine uh, mike fanoia who's been on the show before and he had a show a little bit on uh, compound he told me with the papers he goes you know you're doing well when anthony doesn't keep going to the paper yeah, yeah when he yeah, keeps yeah. going to the paper yeah. it means he's running out of shit to say to you like, uh, so i always pay attention to that like <laughs> fuck he's going to the paper it's like, damn i never even thought about that either that makes yeah. so much sense because you can tell when the show's on fire those papers don't get touched they nope. don't well, Those are just, just like uh, stories I, if he has to talk about them. If him and Nick DiPaolo are sitting there, there's oh, no boy. fucking papers. That's, like yeah, nothing. that's that's a show I want to hear. I love when Nick goes on. I, and it's it's weird because, uh, you know, when I first started learning about Compound, I was always a Nick, Nick fan. And it always felt to me like he should go on that show more. But now it, it, it almost makes it, like, special when he does. You know, you're yeah. like, fuck yeah. Like, hell yeah. This is You perfect. don't want him on too much. It's, it's, right, right. Because the two of them, it's it's – 
too much. You almost need a couple, you need a couple bad guests the next couple of days to get over that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you I got to open for guys. Nick, and once again, he won't remember me either. But oh, in, really? in a, at a club in Connecticut, for like it was like one sh- or two shows in one night, and he doesn't watch the opening acts. He sits in his car in between. Oh, so, really? But, but anyway, so he's up there and he's doing his thing, and the audience yeah. is mostly Apollo fans, and some of, of them were just people that came with them. And I'm sitting in the back watching him, and he's doing a joke about how nobody throws a shoe at Obama because he probably shined it. That was the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> no, you me, we we laugh. There's a couple sitting in front of me, and the guy, and the woman looks to the guy and goes, "Oh, this guy's nothing but racist." Oh, and the boy. guy turns and goes, "Oh, he's not just racist; he's so much more." So I laughed hard because there's two different kinds of people. Yeah, both- there's a big dynamic going on. Like, she, don't you think like he would explain that to her before you know she went to the show? But I also love that he was like, no, no, no. He's not just racist. He's also homophobic. He's also, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. In other words, he's so much more. But, yeah, it's, he's incredible. He's so quick, yes. so smart. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I, I, I was a patron of his show for a while there uh, when I really cared about what was going on in the world. But I just like to – like you say, hear him when 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 he does like appearances and things now, you know, like I'll check into his show, but like I can't with the whole too much news. It's just like brutal for me, man. I'm just, Even with Kumi, as much as I love it, yeah, and a fan, true. I don't watch yeah. it. all. I watch it like once a week, maybe twice a week, yeah. um, but I don't need there's. I, I don't I'm not a hundred percent conservative to the right all that shit. Right, right. I'm like most comics. We're in the middle because we have to deal with both sides. Yeah, whatever. yeah, you gotta yeah, especially nowadays, you gotta be careful. And sometimes I just wanna laugh. So like to me, if I'm on com- watching compound, it's in hot water every right. time I can because yeah, that's yeah, just a hundred percent pure insanity. And there's no even if they try to go political, it's so fucking nuts and crazy, right. it doesn't matter, you know. See, sometimes that shows a little much for, for me, like as far as uh just some all of the, the cock lots of no, cock. no no i love cock they, I mean, cock they is always love funny. Cock. it's just like when, when there's so many different characters going on it's yeah. like if you if you don't keep up with the show you're like what the fuck is this new character you gotta like kind of take a moment and like scroll through the feed and be like okay what has happened since like who is this guy you know like well i think the cool thing that happened for that show was the quarantine in a weird way because making aaron not be in studio they don't make him do a thousand uh, different yeah, characters yeah, yeah he focuses on one steve and garrett have fucking come risen the yeah. four of them are amazing team steve doing the rep- the, the repesh voice and all that <laughs> it's been so great that way but but that show like kumia i can just be me i can just rattle off dumb shits say whatever right. it's fine to be a guest on in hot waters like being in double dutch where you have to like choose your spot you have to know the show because yeah. if you don't don't you'll just get lost yeah and i look out that yeah. i'm a fan you're going to get, like, plenty of sleep the night before. Like, fuck. Like, it, it, you're probably going to be a little wore out when you get done with that show. Yeah, I'm on Kumia for two hours. I'm on Kumia for two hours, and it feels like, you know, an hour. I'm uh. on In Hot Water for 20 minutes, and it feels like an hour in a good way. But right, you're, right. like, you're go, you're trying to keep up with Gino and his shit and then fucking Aaron's 80 Voices and Steve and Garrett and all these things, the video clips and the dicks and the fucking all this <laughs> stuff going on. And lots of dicks. <laughs> lots of, I mean, but dicks are always funny, and especially in a show always. like that. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, it's, it's so many, so much good content out there. Like it's, it's, it's really amazing how far it's come uh, within the past few years. You know, even if it is a paywall, it's like, wow, people are going out of their way to subscribe to something that they like or they care about, you know? And But I appreciate it more. I, the fact yeah. that I pay for it, I appreciate it Same, more. Right. I listen, I listen to some free podcasts, but um, not too many. Uh, yeah. I listen to Tim Dillon, come town. Those are the ones that do like every week, which I love. And I know they have uh Patreon stuff, but I'm not going to pay extra for that. I like those. I like Shane Gillis, stuff like that. See, but for I, the I, most part, I want to pay for my content so I know I want to listen to it because I enjoy it. This may sound so naive of me, but uh, I became a Shane Gillis fan when he, he first started a fair one, the show on Compound. Like yeah. that was like, I was like, this is different. I was like, I like this dude. He's like a hillbilly dude out of nowhere, you know? And I would always promote him on my page. And then like, so I subscribed to his Patreon and his other show. And then after all that shit blew up with him and stuff, I'm like, fuck, everybody knows him now. Like, it didn't feel like a, like a special thing, you know? <laughs> I didn't know anything about him. For him. But it's like, fuck, when I watch the show now, I'm like, oh, it's a little different for me. I knew he was a comic, and I had heard of him. 
but I didn't know anything about him until, you know, the, the Chinese incident. Yeah. And then yeah. once that happened, I, the, my first instinct was go listen to the podcast. Right. And I loved the dynamic of him and Matt. Yeah. And yeah. Same as you. I really felt like it was this really was a secret show. I was part of this thing. Yeah. And then he got international and I, and I did kind of fall out of the show. I, it was like, I have. Now the world likes it. it. I haven't right. listened since the quarantine. Really. I mean, I yeah, I haven't listened to, I mean, I, honestly, I think, um, I think I may be still a Patreon, but I, I haven't listened. And uh, I didn't, I, I stopped, honestly, I stopped listening to him when he, cause I know we had, he didn't have a choice really if he wanted to get where he's going. But when he stopped uh, showing up to a fair one on compound without notice to the fans, you know, because I'm, I'm sure there wasn't a lot of fans listening to that show. Uh, you know, there that's is now you, that, you, got show, Landau, yeah. you got Landau on there now with Tommy Pope. That's a great dynamic. But when it was first launched, I mean, you had the same callers all the time. Mike from Manhattan. Hilarious. I would call in just to give Mike from Manhattan shit. <laughs> when I first started doing comedy, I was also running a comedy club in Connecticut. And uh, we we had we get we booked Tommy Pope. And I didn't know who Tommy was. He's hilarious. And it was, not only is he hilarious, he's the greatest fucking hang. I mean, Mark Norman always talks about him being the best hang. Tommy Pope, drinking with him when I back when I was drinking, go, just being an animal, just yeah, one of the funniest yeah. fucking you forget he's I can this imagine comic. He's hilarious, but he's just this animal and just so fun and so you feel like you knew him forever when you hang out right. with the guy. I, so crazy. I got the same feeling from watching his show because I watched every episode of a fair one for a, for a long time. And it was, you know, months went by before I was like, you know what, let me look this guy up on YouTube. I had no idea that he, with the credits that he had from, from doing stand-up. I was like, man, but why is he, why is he out there doing it more? Like he could And that TV pilot guy. he made, that was a pretty yeah, good pilot. Yeah, I watched the, the, the pilot. Yeah. yeah, that shit was hilarious. Did you watch the, the Shane Gillis one? It was tires. I think. It you know was what? I did watch that when that, he put the that, clip up. Yeah, that was pretty good. But it felt that. like it was kind of the same thing. Listen, I. I only can take so much humor from that area of the fucking country too. Right, I get right. it. The voice, whatever, stop. All they all we all talk like a thing. I get yeah, it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody's gonna get their shit. Like even when I launched this, the first time I said I was from Texas, of course. What did I get? Oh, you know, only two things come from Texas. It's like, come on, man. Like you, I've heard that joke so many times. At this point, it's just annoying. It's like it's not even a joke. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Fuck? And and gays, gays only come from Texas because you guys make them leave. See, there you go. That's a good <laughs> so, joke, people. Do you hear that shit? <laughs> Next time you hear the steers and queers, that's what you respond. Yeah, you don't to. find them there. Right. <laughs> you, guys, you guys ship out meat in two ways. Right. What are you going to do? Find them together? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you find a gay guy in Texas, he's hanging from a tree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Man, I just wish there were the, the, the thing about it's so weird here in Texas. It just feels like there's no comedy scene. It feels like I'm here. I'm missing out. You know, that's why I want to get out because it's just like there's nowhere to go. There's like Where's no club. What's the scene? Austin's the scene in Texas. I mean, right? yeah, but you basically have Cap City and that place is like a, a mini California now yeah. where it's just – you would have to just be very careful going there. You know, I went, I went last time I was in Austin, I went in 2015 to see a, a band that I like. And so people, you know, started some shit on the street because they were a horror punk band and they didn't sing about, uh, you know, politics. You know, it's like, what the, like, they're doing their own thing, you know, fucking. No, I, I need my insight from a horror punk band. Oh, you. you never, you never, you never heard of horror punk? No, I've never heard of horror oh, man. punk. Dude, it was my. It's, uh, for a while, it was my favorite genre because I don't like. Uh, I don't get big into movies because I don't. I don't know if it's. I don't have a high attention span or something. But I like music and I like things I can hear while I'm doing shit. You know, so my way of like, if I wanted to to experience like you know, ghost and and horror and shit like that, is punk rock music called horror punk. Now there's bands like Calibri's, great guys, uh, Blitz Kid. The Crimson Ghost, one of my favorite. I mean, they they got a song called "The Body Bag." It's just the best, you know. I could play one if you want. I mean, it's great. I would it's, listen. It's and any band shit. that sounds like a dead yeah. person having their period, Crimson no, Ghost. It's, that's it's a good not time. Even like that. Like it's actually good. Like, are you a fan of? Oh, punk? No, I'm sure it's good. Like punk rock music and like a rock. I like rock. some punk rock music. I'm I don't like I don't like early punk like as much as I used to. But I like more of a, like a popper punk. So they're not screaming. This is no, like no, no, no. I don't, I don't like okay. to, I don't like to scream. And I like deep voice, like vocals, you know, like fucking yeah, sing. I want to hear them. No, sing. I want to hear that way. It just sounds genuine. And like, Hey man, like they want to sing the song. So they're screaming into a mic. What, the, what is that? Yeah. You're, you know? you're going to be hurt later. No, but it's great. They got a, uh, there's a band called the other that's uh, they're out of most of your horror punk bands, believe it or not, are from Germany. There's a few out of Germany. No, that makes sense. And there's one out of Arizona, which is Calabrese. Check those guys out, man. They, they, 
keep producing records. The if anyone brothers. knows horror, it's the Germans. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, hell. Yeah, they're they're good they're, at it. Yeah, I mean, most of most of your horror punk fans, that's where they come from, you know. And According to some people, they had a thing called the Holocaust. I don't, I don't know. But. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you what? You 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 give one small conspiracy about a protest, and next thing you know, everybody thinks you believe the Earth is flat. So you can't even say anything anymore. Well, it's flat because all the Jews died. <laughs> the Jews keeping, died and flattened it out. They, they were keeping the bagel shaped, and the second they died, it became flat. That's what happened. <laughs> Haven't you heard of dead weight? That's a lot. It flattened the globe. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, the <clears> – oh, <throat> uh, man. So you you got, how's your rioting out there? Uh, honestly, you know, we're right here in the Bible Belt, so uh, it's very calm. We went down – I went down actually on Monday night because they had announced uh, there was going to be a riot, and I had to let the, the cops up on the roof of my building where I work. And I went out there just dicking around. It's all peaceful. You know, you're yeah. not going to get a whole lot of problems and shit like that. Well, uh, I went down Tuesday and you could tell there was more people. And uh, I was interviewing people, asking them if they like Dos Equis, you know, the, the right. beer. And uh, if they said yes, I was making sure it's known that the guy who claims to write the Dos Equis commercial, Brian McCarthy, is a known racist. And then I would show them. He didn't write it, did he? He, that's his claim to fame. But I heard that was a lie. It is a I lie. Think I, I think I heard but that on your podcast. Yeah, but he's still – he, okay, so he's always stood behind the fact that he wrote the Dos Equis commercial, right? Well, when him and Kevin uh, split as, as you know, um, podcast host together, he never came out and told his side of the story. Like, he, would, he just never did. Like, he was being a recluse and just attacking people on Twitter or whatever. And some of it was funny. He eventually got angry. And right around the time I started my show, he was on a rampage and he reached out after I had, uh, I did a show with Kevin because I, I mentioned that I want the Brian interview, you know, right. so I had him on and I, I let him tell all the truths. Well, when he came on my show, I let him talk so much that he included incredible details about writing the Dos Equis commercial. So there was another Twitter fan who I had on who did, he sent this two page report to me in the email to me and Kevin, Chad Zumok, and had uh, Dominic Sin 88 follow him. He's a great guy on the podcast and the timelines is there's no way to add it up so it's but brian still stands behind it so somebody in that has imbd pro recently sent me a bunch of phone numbers to the advertising agency i gotta try to get a hold of because i nice. want to be the one who fucking makes dosaki's release who wrote the commercial you know just tell us who it yeah was. i don't think they'll care i don't think that's gonna like hidden they won't give a fuck I, yeah i know but i but if, if i go down and i'm interviewing people telling them not to drink the brand because a racist are out there you know that may get some attention if it gets enough views yeah you, never, you know what i mean I, I don't i've never met brian mccarthy i only know of him from like kevin brennan fans and what they say about him yeah, and yeah. like jim stancil and me yeah. and people like that who talk about him. so of course i read it and go he's the worst human in the world but i've right, never right. met the guy well, the oh thing, and i've I seen mean, i think i've seen him seen him naked on fucking twitter and that's gross, yeah but yeah like, well i mean people are posting that to clown him but the thing about it is uh the kevin brennan fans th those are loyal loyal right. fans i mean they're not gonna turn their back and i mean that's why they like the show because kevin's a loyal guy he tells the truth you know what i mean Oh, like I was telling you before we started recording, when I got ready to record my pilot for Compound, people had said to me, not, I mean, obviously Kevin's brilliant. He's been doing comedy forever. Right, I'm not comparing right. myself to Kevin in any way. But Kevin, they said our style, the way we talk and rant and do it in, in our demeanor, our brand, if you yeah, will, yeah, was yeah. similar. So I wanted to watch someone who handled Compound in the way I think right. I would. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. also believe that when I'm, if I do get on Compound, I will be thrown out in a year. I, <laughs> so so I, I watched a lot of Burning Bridges and I was like, wow, this guy is brilliant. And he just runs a show and he's, he's funny. And I, I, I like that he's, he pulls no punches and yeah. he's it like it is but i i would think it'd be impossible to be his co-host well so it, i think anybody it, it, it'd be it hard would, because but, he's so dominating but the thing about it kevin kevin expects loyalty back yeah you know what i mean so so brian so uh kevin would have people on his show that would also do morning now kevin and bill had a little beef going on so brian came to kevin and said hey would you mind if i did morning but since all these other people get to come on your show and do both and kevin was like no like, you're my co-host. If you do the show, I'm going to fire you. Like, they're in a big beef, you know? Right. So, at this point, Brian's not a comic or anything. He's, he's got credits from back in the day, but he's, he's getting so much attention from Kevin's show, he's starting to take on his own persona and thinks he can kind of do what he wants. 
So he does a show anyway. Kevin fires him. He told him he's going to fire him. Well, I, why would he? Here's the thing. Anyone that's watching Morning is not going to watch fucking Kevin. And anyone that's watching Kevin Thank isn't going to go watch Morning unless the beef. If they're doing a beef and going back and forth so you want to watch both, you know, kind of like Gino and, and Joanne kind of do a joking back and forth yeah, so you'll yeah, keep yeah. watching the next show. That's mm-hmm. one thing. But for Brian to go on, there's, you're not going to draw in people right. to go watch Kevin. They're not going to like – if you like the fucking, you know, the Coke version of Regis and Kelly, you're not going to watch Kevin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So- exactly, yeah. So, it, it, so it, at the end of the day, everybody liked Brian when he was Kevin's co-host. For the most part, most people did. The minute he fucked Kevin over and he did the show when Kevin asked him not to, the fans turned on him. And Brian has had chance after chance to, to help him to win over the fans. He would win over a few at a time, you know, then he would come out on Twitter and, and do something dumb to, to make him hate him again. You know, he just, he did it to himself. He stopped being funny. Instead, he would just attack. Like there was one night he tweeted 99 times and he responded to every tweet. And so what, okay. So if you're a Twitter troll and you see this guy's uh, having a meltdown, responding to everything, what's the first thing you're going to do? Go after him. Exactly. So everybody attacked, you know what I mean? So it was just like a meltdown that the next day I had him on the show. And then the day after I had him on my show, he deleted his Twitter completely. So. Does he does he do a podcast now? He does. It's called the Brian McCarthy Interview Show. I can't believe I just plugged it. The fans are probably going to be McCarthy pissed off. I did that. He hosted on Facebook. Okay, let me let me explain something about what this. an awful name for a yes, show. Yes, yes, exactly. It's almost That's as bad as one. the Pato's podcast. Anyway, uh, um. <laughs> there, there's there's guys on Twitter that are fans of the show and everything that are genuine like uh, fair guys. You know, like uh, uh, Ken Mosca, fair guy, fair guy. I, he was on the show at one point. He even says like, "There's." A, there's I can't there's some episodes I can't like he just can't watch you know and he's hosting it on Facebook I was telling somebody the other day when I was in the ninth grade I started a Facebook page about a truck it's called 1995 Chevy I haven't touched the page in almost 10 years and it still has twice the following than the Brian McCarthy interview show and he's been doing this show for a long time you know but doing a show on Facebook is he is he clean like you can get thrown off Facebook very easily I mean he does he he's He's he does some things that are questionable, but he does a lot of puns and things like that. And okay. I mean, the show's just very it's, it's very goofy, bland. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. goofy and it's bland. If, if you're coming from, uh, like so let's say if you're used to watching Compound every day and you were to go watch something like that. Now Brian oh, that has makes a, sense why Kevin had him on then though because Kevin he, being he, the humor he, he, he is, was, you want that quote unquote punching bag sidekick if you well, can not have only it. That like he wasn't even a punching bag. He was genuinely very good at, at making puns. And at first right. it was annoying to all the fans, but after a while it grew on you. And yeah. it did. You know, he, he was like like you say, a goofy and, and he always had extravagant stories. So of course, whenever they broke up, all the fans are like, wait a second, are these extravagant stories that he always adds details to the truth? And so now there's a big pushback to catch him in these lies. If he could just come out and say, all right, I lied about right in the commercial, we'd be fine. We'd go away. A lot of people go on podcasts and kind of stretch the truth with some stories and shit like that. But you would, it, it's great. But that one like that, that's very provable. You could find out who fucking right. wrote the Grozeckis thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we proved like the ad agency in what year, in his years are like four years off. So we just want to know, we just want somebody to come out and say it from that agency, you know. And uh, so a lot of the fans have been hitting up this, uh, this Michael Bladder. They're sending me the messages between the two, and it's, it's pretty golden. I, Michael's just not responding. I got another phone number I'm going to try out personally. I haven't had time this week. I'll get to it. A lot of other shit going on. Uh, like I said, I was, you know, my day job today, uh, two guys fucking threw rocks through the windows, brand-new windows at an ice cream parlor last night. I don't work at the ice cream parlors. It's in the building, you know. <laughs> what flavor? What flavor of guy threw the rock? Well, look at this. The local. There's three news stations here in town. Uh, KLTV seven. You got CBS nineteen, and you got Fox twenty six. If they're still around, I think. And oh, Fox fifty six. Excuse me. CBS nineteen. Before I even pulled the camera footage from my fucking security cameras, came out and said two white males not affiliated with the protest threw rocks through the window. So I have the camera footage now of two Hispanic males. At, who were spotted two days prior in the protest walking right in front of the building. Uh, I have, you know, I have proof of this. So I'm not going to release it until I find out who the fuck they are on social media. And I'm going to dox them right on here, give out their plugs to everybody. Hey, you guys like destroying windows. Here you go. Only if they're 18. I don't, that's the part I'm iffy on. They look really young. But now they're going to go arrest two white guys? No, I, they're not. I mean, I've, I worked with uh, the people who are not affiliated with the news, the guys who wear badges, and they know who to look. 
Because that'd be great if you hated two white guys that you could just say it was them right now. I could. You know what? Yeah. I could actually I, – I could implement a, a photo into my, into my camera. I'll just tell my friend, hey, dude, go stand in front of the Andy's ice cream parlor. And, uh, and, and when, as soon as he does, I'll capture that on my camera, send it, send it to the authorities and be like, this is the guy. Or I would say yeah. it was Brian McCarthy and Mike Blatter. And if you guys don't tell me yeah. the truth, yeah. who the fuck did those Ekkies, you're oh, going to jail. I meant to, tell, I meant to tell the fans, yes, yes. Anonymous has been in touch with me. They are getting down to the bottom of all of Brian McCarthy's lies. Now, I'm getting back to them. We're trying to figure out a whole plan on where we're getting out with this, but they have a lot of good information coming out. Nice. So uh, we'll be on top. Some guy asked me if uh, Anonymous has been in touch. Yes, they've been in touch with the Ski Mask Collective Program. And we will get out there and uh, get to the bottom of the lies because we have to at this point, unless he can disprove himself. Go on a podcast, Brian. Go on and say, I'm sorry I lied. And then just come back on Twitter and have some fun. You have your own podcast. Go on there and say you lied. It'd be be the most watched one. It'd be the most watched one. It really would be. You know know what's sad, though? Uh, There was so much backlash from all the lies that he told on my show. It's my most watched episode. Yeah. It's (laughs) always when you have the polarizing thing is when you have the best episode. I was like, fuck. But My say, best episode is Dave Landau, though. That one, really, people yeah, I fucking get, love I want to get him because he, he, he uh, I used to message him before I got sober and, and kind of get tips from him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, he, he always seemed really genuine in the way that he would talk about it. He never pushed it down anybody's throat. And I like that, you know, because I, I don't try to do that. I still go out with my friends. I'm like, dude, you want to drink? Drink. It's just not for me anymore. You know, it's dangerous. Yeah, we, listen, I quit a couple of years ago, but I just quit because I didn't like the people that were around me when I drank. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this on other podcasts, but literally I, I, I hooked up with an ex-girlfriend who was drinking a 12-pack of cider in a one-hour drive home. Yeah, yeah. And she finished the 12-pack. I woke up the next day, saw how gross she looked, and she was just angry and mad. And I'm like, you know what? I quit drinking, and wow. you have to go. And that yeah. was it, and I haven't drank since. She was like kind of the rock bottom thing, and I'm like, get out, and I'm done, and I haven't drank, and I haven't missed it once, and I didn't go to any meetings. I just – yeah, yeah, anymore. yeah. See, I, I was I was working in Alaska, and uh, I was in like five years into heavy drinking, like drinking, you know, working on fishing boats and oil filled supply boats. You learn how to fucking hold your own, you know. Oh, I would think and so. so. Uh, anyway, I, I came back to my hometown to, to hook up with an ex girlfriend, and when that ended, it really set me off the rails, and I started drinking out of pity and shit like that. So I did that, and you know, I was waking up on my kitchen floor, just like not. Like I wasn't achieving my dreams. Like I knew I wanted to do shit like this, you know, and be myself, right. but I didn't know how to achieve that. So one day I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take a personal vacation. I uh, went up, I went back up to the Pacific coast, uh, got trashed. That's actually when I met Dave Landau, I went to a show there in uh, Tacoma. And, uh, when I got back home, I drank a six pack and the next day I woke up and I haven't touched a drop since. And it was just weird. It's just like, I had that realization. It was like, fuck, whatever. Now, no. if you want to take the next step from just having fun to making it a, a job or career, or whatever, you do have to take it seriously. Like it's a job and you can't drink on a job. Yeah. We need, no, I'm not, listen, many people drink and they should. We need drunks to laugh yes. and listen and be involved. We need, I need them to I be our alcohol. audience. I love alcohol. I, I love it. I love being around it. I still love going to the dive bars. I love yeah. it. Most, you know. I have no problem hanging out at bars, right. being around people, all that kind of stuff. I've never smoked a cigarette day in my life, but I don't hate smokers. Right. I've never, I don't drink anymore i don't hate drinkers i don't really smoke weed anymore i haven't smoked weed or anything like two years yeah. but i love people that are high they're right fun. Yeah, yeah exactly most and of them i i just can't do it it's it's yeah, not that shit freaks i don't me push out. it on other people and when people ask me how you quit i'm like i can't even help you because i just had that meet a terrible person and make me so sad that I had yes, to yeah that, that, that's what that's exactly what happened to me like i i took the personal vacation and what happened on that was i i had genuine fun for the first time since i could remember and I was like, wow, that was nice. Do I really need to continue doing what I'm doing home? You know, coming home from work and just getting blacked out within the first two or three hours on my front porch. Not to mention, go ahead, doxers. I know you guys are threatening anyway. When I got a DWI, uh, when I got pulled over, my BAC was a .39. You know, it was, it was a problem. And in the video, I was talking just fine to the police. You know what I mean? So that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's an issue. You know, it's like, fuck. Like, yeah, but is, issues don't stop alcoholics. Like, listen, uh, the week after nine 11, my buddy of mine was uh, going to be sent off to Afghanistan. So we all got together and drank. I drank way too fucking much. My friends told me not to drive. I snuck out the back door. I drove down the highway. I flew my car over a guardrail. Oh. The engine block came through the car. Broke my heel. I have a shattered heel to this day. No tendons in the heel at all. Ooh. Broke my ribs. Almost died. Almost did. My, my 
now ex-wife, and my wife at the time was pregnant with my first child. I almost never met my kid. I was this close to dying. You kept drinking. Um, six months later, I was of back course. drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I mean, I got, I got you. Trash. The day after I got my DWI, I, I continued to get trashed. I got it in uh, the month of December. I didn't get sober till July. You know, right. I just didn't drive down that highway anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? You know, like maybe I should avoid that one if I'm gonna have a couple. You know, I'll plan a different route. Yeah, I put a ribbon on that telephone pole. Here <laughs> you go. <laughs> I'll always say though, and I, I will stick to my guns on this. I was always a worse driver hungover than I was drunk. And I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I don't believe what I'm doing. But when I was hungover trying to drive and shaking, you got the scaries and shit, and like you know, black clouds are like popping up in your eyes. It's like fuck, man. I can barely hold on the wheel. Oh, that that withdrawal shit. When you start drinking so much that you you start to know what heroin addicts are like. Oh, I dude. did that when I was in college. I was drinking so hard. I my dad uh, picked me up, my, my brother and sisters, we all went somewhere for like, a, like three days. The first day, I was sitting there shaking. He didn't know how much I drank. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I had to stay at the table. I have to drink right now or I'm going <laughs> to die. I was explaining, I was dating a nurse recently, and uh, I, I, I was explaining to her when I was going. Woo, nurses! Woo! I was, I was explaining They're the real myself. heroes. Oh, You're the real heroes of the world. The real heroes the real of TikTok. You're the real secretary to doctors. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Doctors hey. save people. Nurses don't save people. Nurse, grab that syringe. Wait a second. I don't know. What's filled with it? Don't worry about it. Just hand it here. Shut up. Swallow. Listen, Swallow, <laughs> you went to school for how many years? Yeah, you went to school to be quiet. Hand me the tools. But no, like uh, I was explaining to her my process of detox. And she was like, you know, you could have easily died. And I was like, really? I mean, I was like, yeah. that was the only way I could have done it. Like laying in my apartment on the kitchen floor and sweating it out for four days in a row, not moving, you know? Yeah. If like you're, it depends and, what you drink. Yeah. If you're like a fucking vodka drinker or something yeah, like that's that. What I, you... That's what I drank. I drank a bottle of vodka a day and normally about 12 beers following that. And if you don't believe wow. me, anybody I know that can attest to that, it's not something to brag about at all. It? It's just where I was in my life, you know. I but, think it's funny when there's people like, you couldn't do that, but it's like, it's not a bragging point. It's not when a bragging college, point. When I was in college, I was drinking a 30 pack a day and yeah. then also doing half a bottle of Jameson. Right. But that's, I would wake up in the morning. I wasn't proud of it. I'd wake up and I was playing rugby. I would go practice and play games drunk yeah all the time no, oh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't function i didn't like myself and i was drinking because i thought people liked me more when i was drunk yeah and that, yeah. that's the only reason why i, I did, did yeah it. same yeah because when i when i first got sober i'm like oh people don't like me it's it's different you know but things quickly change and you realize you kind of only liked being around those people because you drank you know, so now you don't even see those people well, anymore. You also realize that those people suck too. Yeah, they like, a little boring. You were hanging around other shitheads. I mean, it wasn't yeah, like, like it was like, like all a good time, folks. Yeah. So in reality, the only time all of us come together and it's fun and we're not boring is when we drink. You know, if we're not drinking together, it's like, dude, what are we doing? Like, we we got our own program going on. You know. Like I'm dating myself because I'm much older, but like the TV show Cheers, when you watched it. You would sit there and go, how cool are all those people? Those are the saddest people. People that are always in a bar just who have nothing else but sitting there at a corner alone, yeah. pretending to be have a person, but pretending see, like, to have friendship through scotch. That's sad. In a weird way, when I, when I was working offshore, I would work uh, 28 days out there. So I'd have to be sober for 28 days and, and I would be home for 14 but I was always uh, attracted to that for some reason. Not anymore by any means, but I always like would, I would love just going and sitting at a bar, even though I could just get trashed at my apartment. I would just go to, go to a bar at like noon and I wouldn't leave until, you know, nine or 10 o'clock at night and just sit there all day, drink. Cause you know, you make good money out there. So it's like, fuck a $400 yeah. bar tab, whatever. Just keep them coming, you know? Because yeah, because you're just trying to get through life. Yes, I, mean, that's all I mean that's all it was. The the 14 days flew by like nobody's business, and next thing you know, I'm back out with the boys, and that's what my life was. I had no you know home life. It was just getting trashed. Great memories though. I did a lot of fucked up shit, and that's honestly why I can't smoke weed because the weed makes me paranoid, and it makes me uh, think about some of those old stories that I'd rather not rehash at this point. Maybe one day, but it, it yeah. makes me like freak out. Like why'd I do that? Why'd I say that? When now I'm like fuck it. It was worth it. It's hilarious, you know. Well, that's why I would never do acid or mushrooms ever again because oh, i no, know where no. my head is yes. i don't need okay, to explore yeah. that right now you're you're exactly like me i did mushrooms one time never again because i knew even on the verge of taking them this isn't for me right. I, would, I would be the type to freak the fuck out because i have so many crazy thoughts in as it is you know but that being said i don't like sober women i i need 
I still am attracted to drunk women. Yeah. And I, that's who I like. I sober sex is fucking weird. Like, so that part is the weirdest part. Yeah. It's like, hard to get used to because it, when you're, when you're fucking, when you're, when you're drunk, it, it's easy to like, be like, I like this, you know, right. whatever. When you're doing a sober, you're like, uh, how do I, I overthink. I mean, if you're exactly. a creative Same, person, yeah. you overthink. So I'm right. sitting there having sex, thinking about it, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, do you have like ED? Like, no, I'm just thinking too much. Yeah. But like, at, I was but thinking, yeah, about, I I was thinking about how you didn't smile at me earlier. That's why I can't get hard right now. You're like, what, why would you think about that? I don't know. Insecurities. I don't know. Yeah. I got to, have you heard my show? <laughs> I just, yes. I got a lot of problems. It's like, listen, yeah, lady. I don't, I don't speak drunk anymore either though. So like when I would be yeah. around people that were drinking and then they would get to that point, I would forget they were drinking. So like the next day I would have problems with communication. Like you said we were going to meet here at noon. Yep. Like yeah. I said that I'm like, Oh fuck. Right. So I got to find like a crazy, not, not crazy, but like a, a sober person who can still have fun because usually if, you meet them they used to drink and they're insane now and they're yeah. all red flagged up so course, it's hard to find that normal person so See, yeah like i'm 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 still getting through the stages of like uh, dealing with some things with sobriety but i i i've come to find out what i like and what i don't like like i, I revisited some of the bars that i used to attend quite often and I'm, i go in there now i'm like i don't want to fucking be here i'd rather go home and uh play a metallica album just chill you know, but then again, like if I'm going out to do something I want to do and I got some friends that might want to do that, I'm like, fuck it. I'm having a blast. We're having yeah, a good you time. can hang out with those people when there's an event or a thing to yeah. do. But to it, go to, to go to their fucking lair and like be inside that place where it's just like it's only fun when you're drinking. And it's not even fun then. It's just a way to pass time. Yeah, it really is just a way to pass time. That's when you, you know, because you lose a lot of those connections when you quit drinking. You know, you're like, fuck, I we were only hanging out because we had fun drinking, you know? So that's why I feel bad for the people that the comics who I think, I know a lot of people made fun of people who started podcasts during this quarantine or said like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's a way better addiction than sitting in your house and drinking fucking yourself nuts. It is. It is. Boozing up like crazy. I've been podcasting, I'm putting out two or three a week. I love it. You're, my you're always on the grind. And why not? And just to better myself, even if the, my my listeners, it's I don't have a lot of listeners. I don't have this big Patreon. It's it's barely growing. Right. But I've I got to learn Zoom. I got to learn all this. It's made me a better guest on other shows. Yeah. It's made me learn this better. And I'd rather waste my time becoming addicted to this than sitting there and just killing myself. See, it, 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 that's what that's what's uh it, it makes it worth it at the end of the day because when I did used to drink my favorite pastime when I was hung over and at work I had podcast in because I work alone I would always have headphones in listen to every fucking show like oh my god I just wish I could be those guys or do something like that but now I have a show and and, 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 it, and it feels like okay that's why I did it that's why I straightened up or you know that's why I, I, I did that fucked up thing or whatever you know it, and it's it, it makes you appreciate shit more most of the time. I mean, you still get the insecurities that stem from, you know, whatever emotional problem you had when you started drinking, but. But you but use you, those now to, to use that energy to do this. Yes. It yeah. drives you to do it without yeah. those insecurities, without all those fuck ups, you wouldn't be who you are. You wouldn't be yeah. wearing a pick mask right now Dude, on TV. Pat, I'm not going to lie, man. Right before I sat down in this chair, I was not having a very good day. I just went through a breakup, you know, and uh, the breakup happened because of my insecurities. And it was one of those things that a lot of people told me, you don't need to get in a relationship your first year being sober. And I was like, fuck off. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Why would I not need to do that? You know what I mean? And, and, and now I know because I, you're not ready. Well, you're I not ready I, to take on other people's so, lives. Well, not only that, I got with this girl and, and she immediately made me happy. So what was the first thing I did? I quit going to therapy, right? Yeah. A few weeks later, slowly but surely, those insecurities started creeping in. And you may notice those about certain people, but you'll never notice them about yourself until it's too late. Okay? So the, you, you're not going to notice small change in yourself until it's either too late or it's done something good. So it was too late. And I was like, wow, holy shit. So I went back to therapy two days ago and I feel normal again. It's, it's something beautiful about, and therapy's not for everybody, but there's something beautiful about having a room you can go in with somebody who doesn't fucking know you. That's why it's beautiful. And, and laying all those insecurities on the table and leaving them there until it's next time to go back. You know what I mean? Listen, you show me a couple that says they're best friends and I show you a couple that each of them hate each other for real. Yeah. Like you can't, 
talk to just the person you're with your whole life about your insecurities, about your problem, because they're going to take it personally. And they also, right. they stop to respect your opinion. Yeah, Watch yeah. A, a, a couple that's been around for 30 years together. They don't give a fuck about each other's opinion. They don't care what they think. They don't, yeah. they don't, they don't care with them at all. You need a stranger to tell things to. You do. So yeah. they, they listen to you because they may love you, but they don't give a fuck about what you're thinking. Well, anymore. Not only that, like I was explaining this to my mom too, when I was talking about it, I was like, you have to understand like you guys, guys know me too well so if, if i was to say something so crazy about something i think about you would laugh and, and think it's phony because th there's no way i would ever say that to you but in reality when you go into that room you talk about some of that shit right like you, you you would just like you wouldn't even think about saying to people that know you you know and it's just, we don't even really need the therapist we just need a no chance room. to talk yeah where no one else is judging us. Right. Podcast. It's okay to feel that way. Oh, shit, it is? Yeah. Podcasts become that. You think it's fucked up. That's why you're there, you know? At two, though. We're reading whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm becoming more comfortable on it. I, remember, I When I did my first MLC appearance, dude, I was explaining to my friends. I was like, man, uh, my friend plays guitar. He's in a hard rock band. I was like, that, that, what I just did, that's like Metallica calling you on the phone and saying, hey, come do an hour show with us. I was like, that's yeah. what I just did. And he was like, wow, it's really like that? I was like, yes. You know? And so like after that appearance, <clears throat> I've slowly gotten better. Did a, I did a recent show with Kevin again, and it's all relaxed now. But like you say, you know? You start to feel comfortable because at the end of the day, you stop to – you go, if they didn't think I was f worth it, I wouldn't be here. Their name is on the thing. They right. know what's going on. Now, they may also not think about you at all and in reality yeah, be like, oh, last second, put a guest on. But at the end of the day, that was the, hard, the thing for me. Um, doing, I've been doing comedy 12 years. Uh, most of my life never felt like I fit in in things. People would okay. say I was yeah. immature with comedy or I was trying too hard. What do you mean hard. by that? What do you mean like the immature aspect? I've been this sense of humor since I was born. So like when you're in my teenage years. My cocks are funny. Cocks are hilarious. All that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Telling, telling, you know, telling a Puerto Rican they're Puerto Rican, saying right. whatever I want in my my head, just rattling things. I'm always going for a joke. Of course, it's not because I'm trying to get attention. It's just the only way I fucking like to communicate. That's how you express yourself, right? So yeah. a lot of times, some people are like, "Well, that doesn't fit here. Doesn't fit there." When I went on Compound, I would look through the glass and watch all the, the producers and everyone there, and they're laughing, going, "We yeah. like come back, do it." I'm like, I finally fit somewhere. My humor, my thing, fits here, right? And it fits in with them, and it makes me feel good. So now when I go on, I go, I can just be me, and they don't give a fuck. And if people hate me for it, that's hilarious because yeah, you, you live in Iowa and you know who the fuck I am. Fuck <laughs> you're tweeting awesome. at me right now. Don't you have anything else going on? You're telling I'm me how so much of a dickhead I am. I there was a it. guy one time who said, I hate when Pados is on. It ruins my day. And I liked it and wrote, I'm psyched. I ruined your day. Yes. Like, I don't even know you. <laughs> fuck black lives mattering. That guy's life doesn't matter. Right. Fuck your life. Yeah, he was probably doing it just to get a rise to see what you could say. He you wanted know? attention. Right, yes. And I gave him a little bit, and he probably was happy. Probably showed his one dumb friend, look, <laughs> the guy I hate, look, said something. It's like, you yeah, fucking loser. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember feeling good about something like, not feeling good, but uh, there's a band called Alkaline Trio, and uh, they're a pop punk band. There's another pop punk band called Blink-182, who I've never been a fan I of. I know them, yeah. But yeah, so the lead singer of Alkaline Trio, which I always liked for their darker songs and shit, uh, he decided he was going to go be the lead singer of Blink-182. Now, I'm in, like, uh, 11th or 12th grade, so I start tweeting at him, you know. And I'm like, fuck you, you know, just, why are you going to do this, you know. And he came back and attacked me, and I was like, oh, showing all my buddies. And after, after a while, I was like, this is, this is the gayest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why can't I just enjoy the albums, you know? Yeah, but that's who we are now. We can now reach out to fucking people that we thought we always put in our head. They're not. They're just people. They At are. At the end of the they day, are. everyone. That's what I tell all my friends who are like nervous going to interview. I'm like, dude, it's just people. It's yeah. just people. Like, Look, Kevin Brennan's doing a job to try to make money through a, by, by entertaining. He yeah. puts you on. He makes money when people subscribe to the Patreon. If he has you on, he thinks that you're helpful in him making money. He's right. a person trying to do a thing. He sees you as an asset. Take that in. If Kumia puts me on, they go through subscribers. If he puts me on, he's not going to put me on if he thinks it's going to make people not watch. Right. So, yeah. therefore, they, invent, they, they do have respect for me. So, therefore, I shouldn't be looking up to them. I should be looking at level with them and proud that I'm on the show with them. Exactly. I mean, at, at any point, like even – that's what I've come to realize, too. Like when people are watching – I'm happy people are watching my shows. You know, like you're spending time out of your day to watch my show. Like that's that that means a lot. You know, it's yeah. it's it's good. It's a good feeling. You know, yeah, people thank like to God that 
Thank God some Chinese guy ate a bat, so now people have so much time they can listen to Thank you and God. me. You know Thank I mean? you for eating that fucking bat, Chinese yeah, guy, because dude. because when that happened, you know, I, I think it was was it, it was before coronavirus when I started uh, playing around with the iPhone. The original video is still up. What it was, uh, the first video I ever made actually was like back in November. I did a how to properly or how to score a sweet deal on Black Friday. And what it is, is while everybody's out shopping, you're in the neighborhoods, you know, yeah. so I had the ski mask and I was breaking into a house, which is actually my apartment and I stole a TV, you know, and it was like a feedback. And then, uh, I randomly, I got the new iPhone and it had that iMovie app and I'd never fucked with it before. So I made this hilarious video about me throwing ribs in the oven. It's, it's up on the YouTube original video ever. And after that, I was like, there's a lot more I can do with this, you know? Yeah. And I've had now, these all, mics All it for takes like is you, and here's the thing, if you were drunken, you. No, 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 no. No, you wouldn't have made the video. You wouldn't have done that thing. You made, you did a simple little thing. The first time I did a podcast, I literally did it because I was working at a place and we were bored and there was equipment there. Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. want to do it, but I did it and I went, ooh, I like that. The first time I sat on Kumia's show, I was like, ooh, I like this. I want to pursue trying to put on a show. Right. It's taking that one step. That one video you made all of a sudden became something. That's true. You don't That's do true. that when your mind's clouded. You don't do that when you're feeling like shit. No, you're not. And, and I don't know if it's just me and it's something I care about, but I've been a comedy fan for a while now. I think I started uh, probably in 2012 is when I got heavy listening to it, you know? And I always told myself, and, and it was the one thing I always stuck to, and because normally I would tell myself shit and then the next day I'd fucking do it anyways. But I always told myself I, I want to do comedy, but I'll never do it while I'm drinking ever never do it you know and so like uh, I, it was like a month and a half after I quit drinking I was like I'm gonna go up and it was like the most perfect it was I did a show in front of five people and bombed but it felt so good to yeah. get up there and do that and and and, and get that rush and honestly I, I, I needed something to put me out of my comfort zone at that point you know because I was too comfortable doing living life the way I was and it wasn't going anywhere you yeah. also need a new thing to chase. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Like I, when people say like, how do you stand up in front of people? It's like, how do you not like yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In certain people's minds in a certain way? Like, how do you just sit there and blend in with the other fucking dummies? I want to stand. I have thoughts in my head. I think, <laughs> I think they're funny. I think outlet. I should share them. I should share them with strangers. The people sitting in chairs are fucking stupid. They can't come up with their own thoughts. So they have to come out and they have to sit there and go, Oh, okay. Now certain people sit there and watch and go, wait, I could do that. Now most of them can't, but they should all try. Right. Because right. you never right. know. Yeah. They, but then you have then you have to realize you need to do it for years and years and years and years just to get bad. Yeah. I mean, you know the, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <clears throat> I think I've had I've had some pretty good bombs, man. I've had a I mean, but the, any but you, you learn you, from those. You only Yeah, no, I, I I love bombing just as much as I do when whenever a joke kills. I mean, yeah, I if, do. If you, th if you walk, we all know guys like this. If you think that every time you go on stage, you crush, then you should quit because you're not getting it. Cause you're right. not crushing. You're not listening. You're Where's just, your TV deal. You you're know? not trying to get better. Yeah. yeah. Seinfeld's still fucking doing it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Because there's a reason you do it <laughs> other than just trying to be funny. It makes you feel good. And, and it's that outlet that sometimes you, you yeah. It's the best way to explain it. I'm not yeah. getting, I'm not getting deep into it. No, you know. but here, here's the here's the part I do hate when a comic goes, "Well, I do it because I love to make others laugh." No, 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 no. Fuck others no. laughing. Yeah. I do it because I love the feeling of controlling people's feelings. I can elicit. I can watch an asshole cross his arms and tighten his asshole, and then right away get him to loosen the fuck up, laugh, and have right, fun. Right. I controlled that motherfucker. I that, changed his see, day. That, I feel good. That's my favorite part is is being able to control a crowd because. Like I say, comedy's not a big thing here. So when you do get a decent crowd, there's chatter, there's phones. They don't know the rules. You know, there's, right. there's a lot going on. In that moment, if you're telling a fucked up story and you've created it to make it hilarious and there's not a single person looking at a cell phone, they're going to have a good night and you're going to sleep good that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's an incredible feeling when you could take people from their phones. If you, you know? can make a fat shithead trying to stop hitting on the other fat shithead without any ankles or neck and both put their <laughs> wings down and spin around and laugh at your yeah. joke, you're fucking doing something. She buys the, all the bags of the extra large popcorn for six bucks. That's the only she, thing they sell at the comedy club. She smells like pork rinds, the good kind. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 the spicy ones. The ones that melt in your mouth, not the overly yeah. crunchy. And if you can make him not get a handy from that pudgy walrus for two minutes, <laughs> you're doing something. That's the right. test. If you can 
make them change. If you can make a drunken open mic bar crowd drop their their other thoughts, stop being fucking cirrhosis filled pieces of shit for a minute. Yeah, and laugh at your jokes or at least pay attention. You've got something. See, that's what I want to do next, man. I haven't done a bar show. I want to, I want to do a bar show. I'm trying to reach out because I'm going to go do a, I'm doing a live podcast on Galveston Island. Not this weekend, but the next. I'm, there's no venue. Like I said, I have my truck. So I'll be posting it and I'll be on the beach doing a live podcast. That's what I do. Do I comedy two- before the podcast. Yeah, but where? Like, where right do I got to re- reach? Yeah, boy, yeah. That's a good idea. Come early, hear some jokes, get a couple open mic thing, guys to come to. That's what I mean, though. Like, I don't know. It gets them listening, and then you do the podcast. There's no comics here. What do I, I got? What do I got to reach out to people in Houston that might drive an hour to, to do a show for free? I mean, like, yeah. who, who was gonna do that with me? I don't know anybody that to, to do that with me See, at all. You're not. You're you're questioning the dumbness of comedians. I've traveled hours and hours for I five would. minutes in whatever. Yeah. Right now, no one's performing at all. Yeah. Listen, you've got a show that gets some people on they've heard of. Okay. True. Hey, this guy has his little thing. What you tell them, this is what I, when I started the Pat Oates podcast, there was a casino in Connecticut called Mohegan Sun. And there's a comedy club inside there. Yeah. And I would do a live show there once in a while. I would get young comics to come. They'd bring five fucking people. They'd get to perform their act for five minutes on my podcast. So I'd have an audience. I would break down and make fun of their act, but their act got to be on my podcast. Yeah. And Therefore, I generated some people in. The comics came. They knew that I might make fun of them or tell them they're good, but they also got to be a guest on the podcast. You put them on, you draw them in, and it gets people to talk about it. So then Shithead in Houston turns to his other friends and goes, I did this crazy gig with a guy with a ski mask outside. He's like, what are they going to say? Who books that shit? And all of a sudden, they're going to know your name. I book They're going to ask you to come to Houston. You know what I mean? Damn, Pat. You just like – rewired my whole way of thinking about this i've been like stumbled upon this guy i i formed this idea about a month ago of traveling show i think i know how i can do this now because i had like you say i had i've had names on my show that they had a lot you you also have the a lot of things a lot of comics want shows a lot most comics don't want to put on shows if if you show the driving initiative yeah people will be drawn to you they'll People will book you just because your name's on a flyer. If you make the flyer and you're on the thing, they're going to go, well, I want to be on that thing. Right. So then they hit you up and put you on something. They'll want to be on your podcast. They'll have you on their podcast. You'll cross-promote. It won't draw a big audience, but it will start a buzz about you with, with really no other reason that you just started something. I want to do my show. That's a good – because I live five hours away from Galveston. I'm going to travel down there on Friday. What I'm thinking is now – I'll post in the, the, the Houston Comedians Forum where, where all the guys post. And I say, listen, Ski Mask Collective is doing a show in Galveston on this date at this time. I need five people. Email me your information if you're interested. Meet me there. And we can all do a stand-up you show. You know what? That's it. And we'll do a live I, podcast after. And I would even say, f- fuck the five people. I'm doing a show, doing an open mic before it. Ooh. Come on out. You get a couple minutes. Because- on the beach. On yeah. the beach. So it, depending if you if you get five people, then you give them time. If you get like fifteen people, you give them all two three minutes because believe me, they don't have any act right now. Right. No yeah, one's yeah, performing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have them all stay there, and you tell you ask a couple. Not all of them will be in a podcast. Ask a couple to be on. Right. And then right. they'll get I'll a know little which buzz one. about it. I'll you know, know what I mean? Ones. Draw yeah. them through. Just say who wants to come out. I'm gonna make shit happen. Yeah. I we're like gonna, it. We're I gonna like get it. things going outside, and then other people go. I'm not gonna go to that. But what the. They're going to get mad, but go. Yeah, oh, this yeah, fucking but, guy from five right, hours right, right. away yeah, is going to come to our area. Exactly, Fuck, I'll, exactly. I'll go see how bad he is and yeah. they're going to enjoy it. Well, not only that, though, they'll probably look up my show and because it's going to sound retarded when I tell them. Sorry for using that word, PC fellas. But uh, I'm going to be like, yeah, man, uh, Ski Mask Collective. They're like, what? what is... But then they'll look up a show and be like, wow, this, it does have momentum. It has a purpose. Well, see, let's, that's, let's here's, do here's, the show. You know? remember, now now you got to tease them like they're a girl and you're playing hard to get. Right. You don't push down their throat. You have the show. You just say from the Ski Mask Collective podcast. The Ski at, Mask at, you know, and, and then you keep using that and going, what, what is that? What is yeah. that? I need yeah. to know what that is. And they check it out. And then while you're promoting it, make sure once you get some of them to friend you, that's when you post, here's when I had this person on. Here's when I had this person yeah, on. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. He's got people on there. So. 
I mean, I don't That's know good. how many people in the Bible area know about the compound in, in there's Brennan not, people. There's, there's none here, but I, I know there, there's some in Houston, and that's four hours south. But, I mean, I, right. got, I got family in Houston, too. My mom and my dad live there. So uh, it's not like I don't have connections there. To, so if I do get an invite to a club, that's the perfect way in, and that's the way I got to right. do it. So. But also, most clubs want to know if someone has a buzz about them. If you seem like you have a buzz about you, they'll give a you a chance yeah. that you create the buzz. That's what I was doing forever. I was yeah, just yeah. – I was just taking on gigs and put my name out there just so people knew my name. Yeah. And there becomes a buzz because you're building it. But you, you can either sit there and hope they're going to call your phone or fucking force the call. Right. Yeah. 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 We're going to sit around waiting. We're going to get this shit going. I got stuff yeah. I need to say now, motherfucker. You got to you know walk I mean? up to them, take a brick, throw it through their fucking window yes. and start this shit. Yeah. And after <laughs> that, you know, offer them a good deal. Be like, hey, Safe Light's offering 120 for replacement and this other place is offering yeah. 50. Can I do a show of what? You know what I mean? And if they don't like the deal, just kneel on their neck. It yeah, works. And, and, and yes, I'll <laughs> kneel on their neck. But I promise it won't be longer than six seconds. And if it is, I'll kneel down a little lower. I mean, what do you want me to do? Right. I mean, <laughs> I'll be like, I, I thought I heard the national anthem. My bad. I was <laughs> hey, <laughs> didn't they say kneel now? I don't know. Is Drew Brees getting expunged from the end? NFL? What is that? It's like, come on. I was proposing to his neck. <laughs> That's what I was doing. I asked his neck if he wanted to marry me. He couldn't lay off the mashed potatoes recently. It was the <laughs> only way in and not the only way out. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, it's so much fun. Holy smokes. We already, we're not, we're not in an hour yet. We're not. You're not, you motherfuckers. Pat, are you doing, are you doing radio or is that like a guest spot radio? I, no, what? I, um, I, I was I've been a guest on a, a couple of local morning shows in my area. So a couple of years, about a year or so ago, I had asked them. I said, "Hey, how do you get into radio?" Like I'm an older guy, but I started liking from doing Kumia, from doing this other stuff. I started enjoying it. Yeah. So I asked the, one of the bosses there, and he's like, "We don't really have anything for like a morning show for you to be part of right now. But if you want to learn the technical part of it, we'll hire you part time." So I've been a radio jockey. I've been okay. on, on a sta uh, it's a station that plays like grunge and alternative right. music and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go on for like a two hour shift. Like what it was every weekend, but now with all this, it's been like every other weekend. Yeah, yeah. But I've just been learning that side to try to build up that. And I want to learn this the same way I said with the comedy. I want to learn every aspect of it. So right. when I do get my my own chance, I'm professional. You're ready. You're ready. I know what ready. I'm doing, and it just, there can't be any questions. I want yeah, to do so it all on my own. That, that's great. I mean, you because you're getting comfortable with the equipment and, and everything else. Like when, when I, I, I've had these mics for a while and when I would first set them up, it would take me about 45 minutes to get it right. I could set this shit up in five minutes now. You know what I mean? So it's right. like, you know what you're doing. You know, at first you're like, what does this button do? You know, it's like forever. I had a buddy as a co-host and he really didn't add to the show, but he just, he owned the equipment and then he had some extra shit and he goes, I can't make it one week and showed me quickly how to do it. Yeah. I started fucking around with it. I'm like, Oh, I don't need, him and he still comes on and jokes around me on my pipe yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. But I like I don't need him. I don't I don't want to rely on other people to get my shit done. Yeah, I want to yeah. be able to get it. I want to learn all this because if someone's going to say to me, "We'll hire you, and give you a show," oh, but we can't afford a producer. Yeah, so we can't do it. I'm like I can be the producer. I can do that. I can learn. I know all this shit, so I figure learn every aspect of it. Exactly. You do solo shows sometimes, right? I was doing them for a while, actually. Um, what's the name of that fucking podcast that shit on me real bad? Uh. uh, uh Carl's uh oh who are these podcasts? Who is podcast? Yeah, I can't he wait fucking, for mine. <laughs> oh, he tra they trashed me, and I'll yeah. tell you right now, I learned so much from their trashing because I, I was I, yeah, yeah. I I I thanked them. I said, hey dude, I thought it was funny. He's like, dude, no one receives this well. I'm like, those hey, guys are genuinely funny. I mean, they, they were they funny. Know what they're and, doing. and I enjoyed their show before because like yeah. Kumia turned me on yeah, to it. I'm uh -huh. like, I don't care if they shit on me, but I listened and I was like, you know what? I was repeating myself too much i was babbling i do need someone else to go back and forth with yeah so sometimes on the patreon i'll do shorter ones by myself but when i'm doing an hour show it makes sense to have a guest on yeah it does for an hour so that's that's why i asked because uh, i've been thinking about this because as a fan for and first and foremost i always think it's important uh if there's a host i like listening to to put out those solo shows and and, and do something by themselves and so i mean i i did one at the beginning and it went well. And, uh, and even some of the fans have said, hey, man, why don't you try doing a solo show now? And so uh, I, I shot one the other night, but it was a disaster. I tried to do it at the same time when I was cooking, and I, and I burned the – it was fucking – I still got it. It was crazy. Well, if you're going to do this uh, – someone that's been real helpful to me with this stuff, uh, E-Rock, has been ridiculously helpful. Um, he's really messaged me a lot and, and helped me out with – 
give me tips because he's you know he's stuck during the COVID. He's like, I'll give you yeah. some tips for no reason. Uh-huh. One thing he told me was, if you're gonna do shows on your own or even with other people, take it professionally. Have notes. Have things. To yeah. Know, with the Kumia thing. Have bullet points. Don't just ramble on. Know when you're gonna end a segment and move to the next one because people right. will get bored and tune out. Make sure you seem like you know what you're doing. Don't just let your mind wander because I will go off on rants. So I have to make exactly. sure I have this, so this, easy. this, and this. It's easy to do with another comic or, or a guy that also does comedy because we can converse and have right. conversations because, you know, I like. So, but like you say, I, when I did the fucking the solo show uh, Tuesday night and I went back to watch it, uh, repeated myself a lot. I said the F word way too much. And I said, yeah. um, 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 um. I was like, it's going to take four hours to cut all of this out if I have to, to even try to make it decent. I was like, scrapped. Right. When you're on, like, I'm on your show. I know you're going to lead me in a certain direction. I'm going to go where I go and you're going to move it on to the next thing. When I'm running a show, I'm learning that. But when you're by yourself, you have to know when to move on to the next thing, when to change directions, when to stay in a spot, when to not overkill something, when not to rely too much on a video or a thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. it does help to have someone else smile or laugh sometimes, just one person in the room. So sometimes if I do it by myself, I do have a buddy or somebody just chill. My kids have more sat in the other part quietly, but like smiled <laughs> yeah, yeah. and laughed just so I can feel like, because as comics, we need that connection. Right. And it's a, weird, it's a weird disconnect when you first start doing these kind of shows where you're assuming they're laughing or assuming they're enjoying it. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And it, I, it's the, that, I guess that's a weird aspect of me because I don't have a lot of friends that, that, that get it, that get the whole, why, what, what's, why do you want to just go talk into a microphone for an hour? There's not a lot of people like that here. So I, I, I kind of have to, to come in, in my studio and, and, and do it alone and then go hang out with those people because I've, I've tried to have them like sitting in the background. And, and they're just like smoking cigs, rolling blunts, drinking and shit. And I'm just like, guys, I don't know. Right, but you need, you need, you had drinking buddies. You need podcast comedy buddies. Yeah, exactly. You need to, yeah. you need to post in those local groups. And once in, it's great that you have names on, but once in a while, let a couple of the local shitheads be on. Well, I did. That's, have- that's what I filmed yesterday. I had a good buddy of mine who, uh, who did a year in prison. He had some great stories and uh, it didn't go well. But so we're going to reshoot that Monday. Don't worry. It'll be out. Uh, so. But yeah, no, but have these comics on and then show them how fun podcast and see if they'll start doing their own fucking podcast. Yeah. And therefore, yeah. you get to be a guest on that. It grows a community. You get more people and then more people fucking get it. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It's just, just it's, it's so weird, man, because I, I listen to all the shows and I'm like, dude, everybody loves comedy. Like they, they want to go out to clubs and things like that. The club here, you, you'll get a crowd, but you're never going to see those faces again because the, the, they don't make it feel like a place to come back to if that makes but sense then then that's the choice like for a while when i was booking stuff sometimes you have to be the one to go then i will make it happen i'll find the bar the place that will let me do this thing where it's a fun vibe but it's my show i'm the host i run it and when comics yeah. come here whatever and you make it your show and you show the younger guys when they come in how to run a show right, you don't have right. 50 comics on it you, you yeah. support the veterans you let young guys get a chance but you make the show the certain amount of time it needs to be you tell people to shut the fuck up you yeah. make the bar turn the tv off you make it professional and then young people see that then they put on shows and then shows get run the right way if everyone runs right. like an animal then, it's, then there's no good shows and there's there's something beautiful about that because as a young guy starting out uh those shows that are well put together and, and timed correctly and this comment's coming out those shows are are intimidating you know to, to see because you're like wow everything's right it's good shit so when I do go to a, like a, like a place where I could just go up and ramble and I'm not, I'm never going to get a light. I can literally just stand up there for as long as I want. It's like, I don't need this much of an influence in my life. Like I kind of need some order. So I, you're right. I mean, like even here in town, there's plenty of bars that I think that would, that would let me host a comedy night now that, uh, that I've, I gained a little bit of attention and they can, right. if they don't know who the fuck I am, just, just come and, and listen to a few episodes. Guarantee they'd reach out. But even then, to be honest, to be honest with you, they won't even care about that. No, yeah, as long yeah. as as long as you, when I first started, I'd go up to a bar. I'd say, I can guarantee twelve people will show up and drink beer. Oh, okay. because why? Like I do that because I do twelve comics would come show do an open mic. Yeah, 
yeah, they will yeah. all buy a beer. What's your slow night? Well, Tuesdays suck or Mondays suck when there's no football. Okay, uh-huh. guess what? Monday night, 7 to 8.30, we'll do an open mic. Anyone can perform. They right, come here. Right. Whatever. We're going to ask you to turn the TVs off. That's all I ask. And maybe have a beer special or two. And the comics will drink beers. The comics will stay. They will. And that place will be happy. And then, yeah. and then people start to know your name because you're building within the town. Someone else wants to put an open mic. Maybe you're not going to run it. But another bar goes, I want one of those. Yeah, now another yeah. kid does it. Now there's two mics. Now there's a bigger scene. You can grow that scene, but it needs to start somewhere. You're right. Even even though like I plan on being out of this place in a year and a half. Uh, sorry if my boss is listening. He's the one who gave me this laptop. Um, <clears throat> you didn't know about that, did you? No. <laughs> uh, but you're right. There's a there's a because down here uh, everything's segregated, not in a bad way like you would think. Uh, you it's got a good way. Yeah, well, no, like, no. I mean, it's not a it's not a happy way as a performer or anything like that, or as somebody who wants to go out and meet chicks. But you got a club where you know the country guys are going to be at. You got another club where you know the punk rockers are going to be at. You got another club where you know it's just a sports bar, and that's 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 it. You know, there, there's no place to go where it's a mix in between. But now, like the country club, you go inside. There's a huge stage where the big country bands play because that's all there is down here. But outside, there's a swimming pool, a taco bar, and a small beer bar, and also a really really small stage that's made for taking pictures on. That would be perfect for a comic to go up. And there's plenty of seating and everything outdoors next to a pool. That would be part be like, yeah, like you say, I got because I know I could I could draw at least 30 people that I know that would love to come to a show. Right. And but and you just make it so it's conducive to the comedy community. A lot of new people will start doing comedy if they know there's somewhere. Yeah. The, the hardest thing about comedy is knowing where to start doing it. It's like fight club. It's all underground shit until you that find is. out. And you're like, oh my God, it's comedy here, there's comedy there. But if you on the out as an outsider, you don't know it's there. You're right. So you gotta right. if, if you got to start that shit. Be the pioneer. Be the ski it. mask you want to be. Yeah, I'll be the ski mask, mask they deserve. I'm going to get out and get it because guess what? I, I went back to therapy. I have a renowned sense of confidence. I'm back yeah. out here getting it, okay? You got videos of Hispanic people doing damage. You're I got killing videos. it right now. You know what? Because I, 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 this is my plan. I want to find out who those guys are, blast them on SMC, then I'll release the names to the news programs here yeah. in town. That way my show's out before the local news. You know what I mean? Take that, Spix. Yeah. Boom. Oh, Adios mio. Hello. I'm going to get shot. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, they'll just throw a rock at you. That's all. <laughs> they will throw rocks. You know what? You know, what's, you, know what the hard, you know what the worst part about that is? The what? rock garden that they grab the rocks from right in front of my building so midway through the day, my boss, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you know where that wheelbarrow went? And I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. He's like, yeah, I know you just put those rocks out to make it look nice. But uh, let's go ahead and move those rocks back to the base. Yeah. So, so these motherfuckers come in and throw rocks through my windows. Now I got to move rocks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. so they made my job harder. Now I'm, I'm going to dox them on my show. I have no choice. You have to move the murder weapons away from the garden. I broke a sweat. Now I mean, a nice looking rock garden. Now I got to put. <laughs> flowers and shit that people are going to step on that's now not my job i just to, gotta make the call yeah you have to do a mexican's job because mexicans ruin your day it's, fucked up, man. it's fucked up i mean I, I just gotta make the phone call but it's still if something happens i'll, I'll have to i'll have to uproot it you know yes i'll have to fix the sprinkler what need justice I, do, I do need justice i need real justice too not this phonyism that these news programs are putting out here man i can't justice believe it for, pat justice for ski mask you can't breathe in that mask it's disrespectful. Yeah. I can't breathe. I, I sweat in this thing. Look, it's who I am. I'm the ski mask host. It's look, either you like it or you don't. If you don't leave some hate comments, cause I need some haters. Yeah. If you don't, come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Please watch a few episodes and uh, you wouldn't, you want to do a show. <laughs> you don't like it. Then go watch Brian fucking McCarthy on Facebook. Go subscribe like to Brian. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, just subscribe from Brian uh, McCarthy's Patreon and uh, subscribe to everybody else's. That's, yeah, uh, come to mine, Pat O's yeah, Podcast. Pat O's Podcast, dude. Oh. Hilarious show. Go listen to that. It Really, man, it's gotta, you're killing it. I knew having you on was going to be so much fun. And no, dude, I'm psyched you did. Like I said, I've become a fan since I saw the pe- ski mask. I saw the people he had on. Yeah. And I was just like, it's going to be a fun conversation. I knew I mean, it. Honestly, like today was probably the most depressing day I've had in, in a little over a month. And I was like, fuck, I don't feel like doing it. But I was like... Pat Oates, man. He's like, every time I hear him, it's going to make the day. I'm not feel, I feel 100% better. It's great. So, you I know what? So do I, man. I was having a, I was having a tough day, too. Yeah. This is fun, man. Thanks for having me on, bro. Good. You really got, uh, man, I'd love for you to come back uh, here in a few Anytime. weeks. We'll check in. Uh, you gotta, I want to have you on mine, too. So I'm definitely Dude, I would you love on. to do your show, man. That'd be so much fun. Just we'll do it soon, without a doubt. 
Yeah. And uh, you got any dates or anything? Nothing. Uh, literally, it's the podcast. So please, what I ask is either subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pat Oates, it's the YouTube channel, or the Patreon. We're growing that. I'm putting on tons of content. A lot of good guests have been on there. Or if you don't want to do any of that shit, I understand. No one has any money. Just watch the podcast. Yeah. You can watch it on YouTube or you can see it on Spotify or fuck on Apple Podcasts. Just subscribe and check it out. Right. As always, subscribe to the shows. Uh, you know, you know the logo. It's constant, constant content, constantly being released. That's what we do. We're always going to be putting out videos, no matter what. If they suck, go to the next one. Whatever. And uh, if you don't like it, please leave a shit review. I welcome them. All right, Pat. Man, enjoy it. Enjoy your week, and uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. Keep your head up. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.